Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Get Up and Do Something Uplift podcast series. Here at Get Up and Do Something, or GWADS as we like to call it, we strive to promote wellness in all aspects of life. We believe that living a healthy lifestyle isn't only about diet and exercise. It's also about our financial, intellectual, social, emotional, and spiritual wellness. On this show, we'll be exploring the different areas of health and give you strategies on how you can be the best version of yourself. In today's episode, we'll be talking to Dr. Stephen Goodwin about happiness. Dr. Goodwin is a professor at the University of Delaware, where he teaches a class called The Art of Happiness, based off the book by Howard Cutler and the Dalai Lama. Welcome to the very first episode of the Get Up and Do Something Uplift podcast series. I'm host number one, Angelina. And I am host number two, Brianna. So today we have with us Dr. Goodwin. Hello, Dr. Goodwin. Welcome to our show. Hello. Thanks for having me. So how did you become interested in the art of happiness? So I guess this really started uh, all the way back when I first read the book, The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama and Howard Cutler. And at that time, I was in my early to mid 30s. And I read the book and I just remember reading it and saying, wow. That's such a great message. Really powerful. Yes. And I said, this is something that I think we should do. But, you know, at that stage of my life, I was doing some different things. and But I did. I put the book aside and I said, I'd like to reread this again. So a little bit later, I was had changed my career somewhat. And now I was doing health education. And I reread it again when I was probably in my uh, mid to late 40s. And I'm sure most of you have heard that no two people read the same book and no two people read the same book because they interpret things differently because of events in their lives. Nobody has the same series of events. Well, when you read the book 15 years apart, you also have (laughs) a whole different set of experiences. So when I read it this time, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is what we should be teaching as the basis of health education, because most negative decisions people make about their health come from a place when they're not very happy about something. And most positive decisions come when they are happy about things. So I really just felt that if we can change how somebody feels about themselves and their basic positive affect, where they are, their subjective well-being, these are all terms that they use for happiness. And if we can impact that, then we are going to have a better chance at encouraging people to choose positive health behaviors as opposed to negative health behaviors. So that was kind of my motivation for for getting started with it. And so then I decided to see if I could offer the class here at the University of Delaware. I was able to offer it the first semester, and I really got it out after registration, but I still ended up with over 30 students in the class. I think I ended up with 37 students in the class, and it was just such a great experience uh, for me. And as I've been teaching this for about 10 years now, I hear back from more of the students in my Art of Happiness class than any other students I have Mm -hmm. who contact me and tell me that the things that we learned in the course, they are still using. Some have been in medical school, law school, in their profession, and they just say that they use a lot of the things that we learned in their life still, and that it's really made a difference for them. Yeah. And that class is in high demand, too. It's hard to get into. I tried it. (laughs) It did not work out well. (laughs) I wanted to take it, but I'm glad that we're here and we get to talk about it. Yeah, it's good. Thank you. Um, So what 
I guess before we get into the nitty gritty, it's important to define happiness. So what is happiness? What does it mean to be happy? Yeah, that's a, a good question. And it, it is at the heart of it. And I think that some of the problems that some people have with the happiness movement, if you will, everybody think, oh, everybody just has to be happy and it's going to solve all the problems. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, some of that's true because right. they don't have that right definition of happiness. So one thing that people confuse is pleasure with happiness. So a lot of people think that seeking pleasure makes us happy. Well, I mean, something that's pleasurable does typically make us feel better. But all of us have done some pleasurable things that afterward we haven't felt so good about. <laughs> you know, <we laughs> kind of felt a little bit guilty about, oh, yeah, well, yeah, it was fun when I did it, but yeah. <laughs> Very true. And, uh, and a lot of that then is really at what is happiness. And so I really think that happiness gets to doing things that we feel good about. So if we ever do something that creates guilt, that's not happiness. Now, we may have done something that was pleasurable and felt, oh, yeah, but then afterward we feel guilt. So really to, to be truly happy, we, we have to seek those experiences where it is consistent with what we value and it adds meaning to our life. Okay. So those are the types of things that make us happy. When we do other things that may, again, bring pleasure or whatever, but it does not add to who we are as a person, that that's when we really start to uh, not benefit from, from those types of experiences. And like I said, I think that happiness adds to our life. And so typically it's it's what we do for others and it's what we do for ourselves that benefit us and others. Those are the things that make us happy. Okay. I love that. I love that point about does it help who you are as a person and does it benefit yourself and does it benefit others? So now that we have a definition of happiness, um, I'm thinking about how what's some tips that we can actually give to achieving these, this happiness? All right. Yeah, that's good. And that is ultimately, I think, the purpose of trying to do anything to improve ourselves is you know, what, what are we going to get from it and what can we do? It's great to have all of this theory and everything, but if you can't apply it, what good is it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that that question is what can we do to improve that? The Dalai Lama really, anytime you hear him talk about this, he emphasizes the importance of being compassionate. That is his major message, is to develop compassion in our life. And, you know, what is compassion? Compassion is anytime that we try to relieve the suffering of others. Mm -hmm. And it can even be their self-compassion as well when we, we try to relieve the suffering of ourselves. Okay. But he really focuses on compassion, doing things for other. And the first assignment that I always have my students do is they have to do three acts of kindness every day for a week, oh. expecting nothing in return. And 
you know, you may get something in return and that's fine, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you don't do it with the purpose right. of getting something in return. You're doing something nice for somebody because you want to do something nice for somebody. And ultimately doing something nice for somebody is a return in and of itself. Right. Because, you know, so many times, uh, I'm sure most of you have heard the saying, before you can love somebody else, you have to love yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I look at it the other way. I look at it as before you can love yourself, you must be able to love somebody else. Oh, I love that. Because yeah. if you can't show that caring and kindness and love for somebody else, how can you feel good about who you are? You have to be able to give in order to receive and feel good about who you are. So with compassion, you are doing things for the benefit of others. But once you do that, you feel better about yourself. There's lots of research out there where they've asked people to do either something for themselves or for others. And they've done measures prior to this of, as to their happiness. And every time when they, when the people do something for somebody else, they have a bigger bump than when they do something for themselves. And so I think that, that finding compassion and demonstrating compassion in your life is really important for people. So that's one thing that, that we can learn how to do. And, you know, compassion is also just recognizing that, as they say, there but by the grace of God goes I. And recognizing that, you know, that you could be in that position. I know when I've done a lot of study abroads and I've been in a lot of areas that were very impoverished. Uh, you know, things that it, you don't get to see much in the United States. And when I see people in that situation and I see what people do, and so many people sit there and judge, and I just sit there and I look at them and I always say, if I had been born with those same parents in that same condition, the chances are very good I'd be making the same decision that that person is making. Exactly. Oh, wow. And so how can I judge when I would most likely be doing the same thing if I had been raised with the same parents in the same set of circumstances that they have? Mm -hmm. And so we have to have compassion for those people and understand that they're doing the best that they can yeah. with what they know and what their emotional state is at the time and everything. I mean, we've all... Made right. mistakes. It reminds me of that saying, it's like walk a mile in somebody else's yes. shoes. Just put yourself in their, their their situation. Yes. You know, you never know what is actually going on. Yeah. And that really leads into a second concept that I think is critical, and that is forgiveness. And so when we have compassion for others, we can forgive them a little bit more easily. But mm -hmm. so many times with forgiveness, people say, oh, they don't deserve to be forgiven. And... Yeah. There's a real fallacy in that. So if I've done something horrible to one of you and you really dislike me and we're walking across campus and I see it of you, you know, hi, Brie, hi, Angelina, how you doing? I wave to you and we're just, I'm going to continue on to my class and what am I thinking? Oh. I saw them. No big deal. Right. Now, I've done something horrible to you. You haven't forgiven me for it. What are you thinking about? Oh, we're thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so you go to your next class. You go to your next place. You're sitting there and all you do, I can't believe he mad. even yeah. talked to me. I can't believe. So is, 
what does forgiveness do for me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All it does is forgiveness gives you, it takes the free, it gives you freedom. It takes the power away from me of hurting you. Why do we give somebody we don't even respect the power over our happiness and our life? And so they say, they don't deserve forgiveness. No, they don't. Maybe not. Right. But the question is, do you? And again, if you have compassion for them, it gets a little bit easier. The other concept with that is, who among us hasn't done something that they regretted? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who among us hasn't asked somebody to forgive them and said they were sorry? And when we do, do we expect them to forgive us? Yeah. Because we know that we're yeah. being sincere and we really yeah. are sorry about it. And we're like, oh, I'm really sorry. And But then when somebody else asks us, we say, oh, they don't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> like we're the only people who ever meant it, right? Yes. <laughs> only as we're so if, if they do, I mean, what harm does it do? Now, I do think that it's important that that doesn't mean that we forget and allow that person to continue to be in our life. So if the person shows a pattern that is consistently harmful to us, we have every right to choose not to have them in our life, but to continue to hate them and not forgive them, that doesn't do us any good. Right. So we remember and we choose who's in our life and who isn't. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that we don't forgive them for what they've done. That reminds me of um, The Shack. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but it's about forgiveness, basically. Yeah. Um, but there's a big difference between forgiveness and actually letting somebody back and not letting them make that mistake with you again. Right. But yes. forgiveness is more, I guess, more for yourself than anything. Yes. Forgiveness yep. is for yourself. And the other thing is a lot of people have a hard time forgiving themselves. Mm -hmm. So everybody can think back to something that makes them feel guilty. And when they think about it, they go, ah, I hadn't done that. Well, you know, you did it when you were younger. When you did it, you didn't know what you know today. When you did it, you weren't as mature. You didn't have the same emotional stability maybe that you had today. So when you did it, and this is the thing that you have to remember for them, you were doing the best you could at that moment. You were doing the best you could, and they were doing the best they could. And so you have to be able to forgive them. They're doing the best they could. You may not need them in your life every day, all right? <laughs> and when you've done something and you look back to what you did and you're embarrassed by it, you were doing the best you could at that time. And so you have to be able to forgive yourself too. So many people move into negative behaviors because they can't forgive themselves for something that they did. And mm -hmm. others do it because they don't forgive somebody else for what they had done. So it's it's recognition of that. So I think that that's a really important concept to be able to to work on and it is hard it is hard <laughs> okay. it really is yeah, yeah. we're not saying yeah yeah this is not necessarily easy and a lot of people have to work a long time to get through that there are some great videos on youtube about people who actually forgave the murderer of one of their children wow and a couple of them have even brought those people into their lives 
and they now do things together and work toward teaching people about forgiveness and work toward making things better. And, you know, that takes incredible strength. And so when they say, oh, forgiveness is for the weak, no. I'm that sorry. Really strong. <laughs> Anybody who can forgive somebody who killed their child, if it's hard to do, that means it takes strength to do. If it's easy, everybody can do it. It yeah. takes strength to do that. And those people who have done that just show incredible strength and, and courage. And so, you know, to be able to do that, and now when you get back to the definition of happiness, are you doing something that's benefiting your life and benefiting others and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, being true to your values? These things are, are why I say that there are a couple of the important things that we can do that fit into that. Uh, another really challenging thing to do at times, I think, is gaining perspective and putting perspective on things. And again, this can help with what we're just talking about with forgiveness is I can get perspective on things. I can try to see that this person was doing the best that they could in that particular circumstance. And, you know, getting perspective on things. All of us have been in situations where we something has happened and one person said, oh, that was awesome. And the other person is, oh, my gosh, that was the worst experience of my life. Right. Well, they just went through the same thing. So it's perspective. And one of my favorite stories about perspective comes from when my youngest daughter was getting married. She's my stepdaughter, really. And so my wife and I have been married now for almost 20 years. And... My youngest got married four years ago now. So at that particular time, my wife and I had been married for 15 years or so. And in that time, this was our third wedding, grandchildren, different holidays. In that time, my daughter's birth father has never spoken to either myself or my wife at any of those events or anything. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, when we were going for her wedding, the youngest wedding, her name is Carol, when we were going to her wedding, he had said to the, his, the, our, our other two, the son and the daughter, other daughter, tell them not to talk to us. He's married to another woman now. Oh, tell geez. them not to talk to us. Wow. So, yeah, so we respected her and everything. But with this, uh, Tony, the son especially, had encouraged Carol to ask her father, her birth father, to walk her down the aisle. I am much closer with Carol than she is with her birth father. And she wanted to ask me, but she was like, oh, I don't know what to do. So she decided to ask both of us to walk her down the aisle. So Vince was going to be on one side, I was going to be on the other side. Yeah. And we were going to walk her down the aisle together. And so... When we walked in, when I walked in to do it, Vince was already standing on the one side of Carol. And I walked in and I just joked with her. I just said, ah, your life's about to change. And then I just kind of quipped, oh, but not as much as AJ's. <laughs> and Vince was standing on the one side and he goes, huh, only if he lets it. And I just 
And oh gosh, why why make this uncomfortable for a year before we're ready to walk her down the aisle? <laughs> right. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh. so but anyway, I just ignored it and I stood next to Carol and we chatted a little bit and everything. And when she came back from her honeymoon and I saw her and I said, you know, I said, Carol, sorry if that made it uncomfortable for you. And she said, Oh my God, I was so happy I almost started crying. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, why? And she said, he actually responded to something you said, thereby acknowledging you were alive. I was so happy. And so, you know, my perspective yeah. going in was like, oh, my gosh, this really made her uncomfortable. Yeah. But her perspective was, oh, my God, he acknowledged you were alive. I'm so happy. We and can apply so, that to any situation in sure. your life. Anything, yeah. learning a lesson. And that's amazing how just simply your perspective can change the whole event. Yes. Yeah. And we can learn to do that. And just like anything else, you know, we're talking in theory here and these things sound easy, but to actually apply them and practice them and get better at it, it takes practice and time and you have to keep doing it and you're going to slip up and not do it. But you Forgive just yourself for messing up. Exactly. Up. Yes. And realize that, you know, these things happen and then you just try it again next time. And a lot of it is you look back on it and you say, ah, oh. and then you can, when you get further from the situation, you can get better perspective at times. Once you get rid of some of the emotion, you get better perspective. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can learn to do that. So that's one thing. Another thing that I think that people can really work on doing, and again, it's challenging, but you can get to it, and that is really learning to be more in the present, living in the moment. And to me, the best example of this is if any of you have ever had a pet dog. Mm-hmm. Yes, of Your dog does something. And you yell at that dog, and the dog puts its tail between its leg, and it slinks over. And then, you know, 30 seconds later or 10 seconds later, you say, oh, come here. And they come over. They're wagging their tail. They're so excited to see you. They have forgotten about it. Yeah. It's now. We're, We're dealing with now. And now this person my owner is happy with me and i'm happy mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what happened a while ago i'm happy and we can learn so you know we spend so much of our life worrying and ruining now because we're thinking about what happened yesterday the day before etc are you worrying about the future and that's the next piece and then we spend the rest of our life Worrying about what's going to be. How many times have you been awfulizing, thinking about this awful thing that's going to happen? I'm going to hate this party. I'm going to hate this event. I'm going to hate this. Oh my gosh, this test is going to be awful. Oh my, you know, whatever it is in your life. And then you go and it's like, oh, I had fun. It was good. Not so bad. Yeah. You were just miserable for how long? All that anxiety that you build up. For nothing. Most of the time, the past isn't as bad. And when we get that distance in perspective, it becomes less bad. And the truth of the matter is we need negative experiences in our life. If we don't have those, we don't get stronger. We need those things. Those are the things that really help us. Uh, I just saw something this morning, as a matter of fact, on television 
that children, when they're being raised, those who don't have to suffer any negative consequences do much worse academically and all sorts of other problems. And I don't know if this is the best illustration because I'm going to go to trees, but when my wife and I moved into our house, it was a new construction. So what they had to do was they had to cut some trees down for the house. Mm -hmm. And what happened then when we had a bad storm, there were some trees that blew over. And what had happened was earlier when they were growing, they were protected by the trees in front. And the trees in front developed this much stronger root system to protect themselves from the wind. They had to because they were forced with this wind, this challenge. And then once those were gone, now these others that had never had to deal with it, once they have to deal with it, boom, they can't handle it and they're done. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing in our lives if we never have to deal with those things. So when we're worrying about the past, we're much better off saying, ah, yeah, that was tough. That was bad. But man, look what I learned from that. You're stronger. Yeah. Smarter. And that can help us deal with now. It helps us live in the present. And so, like I said, so many times we just get so worried about the past and so worried about the future that we can't enjoy now. And yeah. so, again, some of that's getting perspective on those right. types of things. And I think another thing that we can do is we can really learn how to have a better sense of humor about things at times. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean – Think about it. Something, you could be in a bad experience, something really funny happens. Is it still bothering you? Not not normally. No. Yeah. Laughing makes you feel better. Laughing yeah. makes you feel better. And finding humor in, in different things in our life is really important. And I think that we all have the ability to do that. Now, there are times where... Sometimes we use our humor when maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, like a yeah. coping mechanism. Or yes. Just, it's important know. to learn when to and when not to. Yeah. But, uh, but for the most part, uh, I think that we can learn to, to find humor in things, and that can help us, I think, deal with lots of different things. And, again, it goes back to it can help us with our perspective on things. Yeah. Laughter is best medicine. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about some really great things today. Um, I'm really excited to apply these to my own life, and I think we could say the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, but out of everything that we talked about, what do you want our listeners to take away from today's podcast? Yeah, I think that's a, a good question. I think that the main thing that I hope everybody takes away is that they do have some control mm-hmm. over the happiness that they experience in their life. And there are certain things that they can do to develop more uh, and develop skills that will help them. And again, it's just like anything else. It's not going to be easy at first. It's just like if you decide to go out and run a mile and you've never run a day in your life, if you try to run a mile the first time, it's, you're not going to be successful. No. <laughs> you have to build up to it and you have to practice to get there. And it's the same thing with this, you know, trying to apply some of those concepts that we've discussed to their lives and practice it in that they can 
make a difference. And the truth of the matter is, do you like being around happy people or miserable people? Oh, I love happy Happy. people. (laughs) And so do you want to be that person or do you want to be the person nobody wants to hang out with? Right. So you you can learn to be that person. You can practice and you can be that. Awesome. Ending on the right note. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Goodwin. Thank you for being here. Thank today. you. Thank you. We've enjoyed your being here today. Thanks. I've enjoyed it too. It's always <laughs> fun to see you.